Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Put your hands together. Give him a big round of applause and welcome to stage. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. It's incredibly kind of you. It is incredibly kind. Uh, I handpicked you. <laughs> uh, you're the best of the best. Particularly my two friends down the front here who didn't, who didn't think they were coming tonight. <laughs> I've been watching you for a while. I liked your style. I liked your choice of drink. I said, come on in. Thank you for coming along. It's incredibly kind. It's only going to be about four or five hours of talking. Uh, and then I'll paint for a while. Um, <laughs> It's a nice round of applause. Thank you for that. It's a, it's a weird thing, obviously. Performers, they get a round of applause at the start. That's weird. Uh, I want to tell you about the best reaction I've ever seen for any performer ever. I was about 10 years old, and I went and saw the Pope <laughs> say mass at Flemington Racecourse here in Melbourne. Uh, 10 years old, Pope John Paul II, because I'm old school. And when the Pope hit the arena... The place went fucking mental. It was, it was 50,000 people. It was like a rock star had entered the arena. Seriously, nuns were flashing him. And I just wanted to see the Pope do one rock star thing. I wanted to see the Pope do one rock star trick. I wanted to see the Pope up in front of all of those people just go, Hey, I was in Sydney last night. And they said, Melbourne, I didn't know how to pray. That's Melbourne how to pray with the mother of my head. Thank you for attending by the fact that... Uh, look, comedians, I'll be honest, we don't get a great, great deal of respect in the arts world. Okay? It is an art form in some hands. <laughs> I'm not going to go so far as saying mine, but... <laughs> it is an art form. We don't get a great deal of respect. On the showbiz ladder of respect, comedians are just above magicians. <laughs> just below the guy who operates the dodgems at Luna Park. Okay? <laughs> It's comedians and strippers pretty much on the same level. We have a lot in common. We perform at night in dingy venues. I'm wearing nipple tassels. We, we have stage names. My real name's not Michael Chamberlain. No. Fun fact. My real name is, in fact, Angel Sapphire Delicious. Uh, but we, we, don't, we don't get a great deal of respect by the fact that, well, comedians aren't going to change the world, are they? I mean, I find it very funny when they think they can, but I... <laughs> I put, I put it this way. The guy who stood in front of the tank at Tiananmen Square, he wasn't just on his way to a gig at the Beijing Chuckle Hut. That's not how it works. <laughs> at worst, tonight, if it doesn't go well, it'll be a bit embarrassing, okay? Which doesn't really work for me. I get embarrassed quite easily. Uh, I get embarrassed when I have to buy Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> it's the celiac in me. I need it. I get there at the supermarket three minutes before closing time. I make sure the aisle is empty. I grab it off the shelf. I use the self-serve checkout. I wrap it in 12 bags. And only when I'm home do I take off my cap, sunglasses, fake beard and dress. I don't want anyone finding out. But it's weird doing stand-up. If you've never done it, it's weird. Obviously, there's no fourth wall. You're allowed to call out. If you do, I'll fucking cut you. But you're allowed to. And I've been around long enough to know when someone does call out, it's never going to be positive. I've, I've never been doing a gig and someone's called out, keep going! <laughs> Your observations are both witty and insightful. Doesn't happen. But you can't do that for any other art form. You can't show up to a play. You don't like what you see. Act better! <laughs> do I even understand the subtext of this scene? <laughs> can't show up to an orchestra, sit there in the front row. Call yourself a fucking cellist. <laughs> I've heard this concerto. Get new material! <laughs> First piccolo, after the show, I'm going to fucking bash you. <laughs> <laughs> Performers always have to say things like, uh, it's good to be here. I just find that very funny. It's going to come out. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. It's great to be here. I just think to myself, is it? <laughs> is it really? You magician? Is it really? <laughs> 
good to be here based upon your options. If half an hour ago I was in a spa with Scarlett Johansson, she's giving me the eye. I look at my watch. Oh, I'm on. oh no, I've, I've got, to, got to record this comedy. And, and I'm not wearing a watch. I, <laughs> I'd be standing here, my hair would be wet, my clothes would be damp. I'd be trying to beat down an erection with this microphone. I couldn't say it was good to be here. I'd say, look, I'm here. What do you want? But that's not my life. That's not my reality. Reality is, if I wasn't here, I'd be at home, alone, probably in the dark. I'd be Googling images of Scarlett Johansson. My hair would be wet, my clothes would be damp. And I'd be trying to beat down interaction with a microphone. That I always keep handy on the couch. It's kind of my thing. So what I'm trying to say is it's, uh, it's really good to be here. I'm saying that. I'm happy to be alive, okay? Happy to be alive. I had a near-death experience not too long ago. And, you know, this is how much comedy gets into your head because the whole time when it was happening, I was thinking about comedy. When I thought it was going to end, I was thinking about stand-up. That's how much it gets into your bones. I'm going to tell you something I did. You don't often hear an adult say, I, uh, I went on a Gravitron. <laughs> yeah. I went to the Royal Melbourne Show. Yes, the, the Royal Melbourne show where you you hobnob with the regal <laughs> yeah going is that the queen or is that a man clearly selling stolen goods so the Royal Melbourne show uh, if you've never been before the Royal Melbourne show it's a place you pay $30 to watch parents hit their kids in public um, it's a place to go to pretend you've never seen a cow before it's it's a place to go to watch city people laugh at country people okay don't kid yourself, that's what happens at the Royal Show. And, and I'm too old to go by myself. Like, I'm too old to go without kids. You go without kids at my age, security follows you around, they, they think you've got a camera in your shoe, you, you go to buy a show bag, the guy behind the counter goes, nah, mate, an adult metabolism cannot handle this much sugar. And... <laughs> but do you want to buy a TV? And... <laughs> Anyway, I went on a Gravitron. How do I explain a Gravitron? I put it simply, uh, Gravitron, uh, for those that don't know, is a uh, vomit-stained modified shipping container. Uh, you step inside. You, uh, there's a driver in the middle. You put your life in the hands of him. He's a man, uh, he's a man halfway through a three-year meth binge. He, he begins to spin shed shipping container at speeds that defy all occupational health and safety laws. You're, your eyes get pushed in towards your brain, your ribs towards your internal organs. It's the most horrifying three minutes you can possibly imagine. What can I say? It's a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> I got in there. My friend said, why don't we go on it for old time's sakes? After all, it's where we first met. Uh, uh, before we kicked off, 14-year-olds are hanging upside down. And my friend who had eaten a hot dog just before we went on, yeah, it's not a good mix. Halfway through the ride, he starts shouting, I'm going to be sick! I'm going to be sick. And I start laughing really hard because I picture it flying out, pausing Inception style and gushing back into his face. And who doesn't want to see that happen to one of their dearest friends? That's, and, and he is a dear friend. This might be corny. This might be mushy. It might be cheesy. I don't know. But if I, if I ever woke up in a hotel room with a dead prostitute, he would be the first person I would call. I know. Moving. Oh, sorry, not because he'd be able to help me out. He, um, he just really likes having sex with dead people. Anyway, the point is, the point is, the point is, male or female, he's not picky, doesn't matter. Seriously, he's got a problem. He's shouting out, I'm going to be sick, I'm going to be sick. I'm laughing really hard. And because of the gravitational force, I can't get that next intake of breath. I can't rise my mighty chest. I begin to think, oh, my God, it goes 10, 15 seconds. Oh, my God, this is how it ends. This is how it ends. I'm going to die on a Gravitron. I'm going to get hit by hot dog vomit offcuts and then die on a Gravitron. And, and the thing was that the fear of death was far outweighed by the fear of it happening on a Gravitron because I am a comedian, okay, allegedly. If you laugh at, if you laugh at my jokes, I'm a comedian. If you don't, I'm a spoken word performance artist. We'll put it like that. But all of my friends are comedians. I don't want them to find out I died on a Gravitron. I don't want the word getting around. You hear about Michael? No, what happened? He died. Oh my God, how? You better sit down. Because it's really fucking funny. <laughs> I know the moment they find out the text messages will start going around. Oh, what are they going to do? Bury him in a show bag? I don't want that. 
let's give him a minute silence like the audience did when he told a joke. They do that shit. <laughs> Shine up to my funeral, where's the wake? In the tunnel of terror, biggest crowd he ever drew. He died, he died doing what he loved, being trapped in a room surrounded by 14-year-old boys. I don't want that. <laughs> I tell you what, if I die, okay? If, if I die, do me a solid, okay? Can you throw up my laptop? <laughs> Destroy it with a half thrown volcano. <laughs> and not because why you think, okay? Okay? Not because of that stuff. I mean, there's a little bit. But I, don't, I look at things. I look at things. I'll tell you about it, but it's not, it's not always kosher. <laughs> my favourite thing in the minute is to look at YouTube clips of soldiers returning home. They are the most emotional things, the most amazing things I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, usually it's the same thing. Usually it's, it's an American soldier returning home at Christmas, surprises the family, everybody gives a cheer, they scream. The mum, she, she gives them a big hug, she, she tucks her head into his shoulder, she makes a noise like a hiccuping dolphin. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> They're the most emotional things in the world, right? And uh, people say to me, hey, what do you do on Saturday night? I lie. I go, oh, pretty crazy, went out, oh, in reality. I sit at home just... Estrogen pouring from my eyes. <laughs> my nipples become tender. I'll start buying prams online. <laughs> and the thing that amazes me is in all these clips that their brains are exploding and yet they have the composure. They, they, they never swear, okay? They never swear, okay? The worst thing they go, they go, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, their brain is exploding. <laughs> I've scaled the web, okay? <laughs> I could not find one clip of a local soldier returning home. One clip of an Australian soldier returning home. And I realised, of course, you can't put that out there. You can't have that out there online forever. You can't have an Australian soldier returning home. His brother's there in the living room on Christmas Day. Oh, get fucked, you motherfucker! Suck a big fat donkey dick, oh shit. This is fucking bullshit. Fucking bullshit.
and I'm not saying this in a boo-hoo kind of way. I know where I stand in this word, sex. Like, I, I'm not what you call a sexual being. You know, women don't look at me and go, "Whoa, I want to fuck Michael." <laughs> <laughs> at best, I might get, "Whoa, wouldn't mind getting a lift home from Michael." <laughs> Try anything. Yeah. <laughs> if it does, it'd be awkward and bumbling and a funny story for my blog. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm not what you call a man's man. I don't do man things. I've never shaved with a knife. I've never <laughs> drunk mead. I've never led an army into battle. Never urinated while standing up. I don't do man <laughs> Not that I want to be one of the beautiful people, by the way. I can't stand beautiful people. And that is, again, jealousy. Okay, It's because I'm not part of the gang. I'm part of the group. I think, I think if a genie came down tomorrow and grabbed me one, wish it would be to be beautiful. And I don't mean on the inside. No. <laughs> that doesn't crack the top 100. I mean the type of guy who walks into the room, all the women giggle and blush, and all the men think, I'll try it just once. That's the kind of beautiful Because <laughs> we know the worst type of beautiful person, don't we? The, uh, the beautiful young model who marries the ageing billionaire, the man old enough to be her father's very old father, and she, she goes on TV and says... I love him, I love him, I love him, I love him. Now his heart is just full of money. <laughs> he has a real private jet thing about him, and when he smiles, I just light up with helicopters. And, and she lies and says the sex life is amazing when the reality is once a month they go into a dark room, she clamps a perfectly manicured diamond-encrusted hand around his shriveled, ageing, decaying organ formerly known as a penis. She tugs on it for 47 minutes on a good day. He gives a loud, phlegmy cough, a puff of dust comes out. He falls into a coma. She puts his nappy back on and sits there in silence, a single tear rolling down her cheek as she makes a list of all the things she's going to buy when he's dead. <laughs> but they're in love. <laughs> I'm hilariously single. That's how I like to put it. Hilariously single. I had a married friend of mine recently. said, oh, mate, must be great. Must be great just playing the field. Just playing the field. I thought, there are no fields. There are no brooks and meadows. There are no bunny rabbits and daffodils. It's a, a nature strip at best during water restrictions on hard rubbish nights. There's pretty love, half-broken objects lying there. People wandering by, picking them up. I'm nearly 40. Get me pregnant. <laughs> Because society says, who went to get married, society says that, numbers are going down, dwindling, 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 could it be, maybe, maybe it would help if married people made it look a little bit appealing. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> hey wives, whenever your husband speaks, maybe don't roll your eyes every single time. And husbands, when I can't call you up, say, do you want to catch up, don't say stuff like, I better check with the chief, better check with headquarters, better check with the Gestapo. <laughs> So I live alone, I do. <laughs> so when you live alone little by little, you do go mad. Day one, you can't believe you have an entire place to yourself. Day 1000, you shouldn't be allowed to have an entire place to yourself. <laughs> Day one, you can't believe you can do whatever the hell you want. Day 1000, you're sitting naked on your bedroom floor, finger painting a portrait of the Pope in goat's blood because you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> well, I say live alone, I share it with my brain. <laughs> Which is the worst housemate going around, I tell you what. I, uh, I love it when people complain about their housemate. Oh, my housemate never cleans up, they ne never pay their bills on time. Your my housemate constantly reminds me of my deepest, darkest fears. <laughs> and whenever I get too near the balcony, it goes, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> what are you chicken fucking do it? <laughs> Sorry, get pessimists, you get dark pessimists. Some people believe the glass is half empty. Some people believe the glass is half full. I believe if I pick up the glass, most likely, I'll, most likely I'll trip, I'll fall on the glass, I'll cut my wrists, I'll lie there and I'll pull my own blood. My final thought before I die will be, <laughs> fucking knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I basically live a life of no responsibilities. That's what I've worked out, okay? I, tonight, after this gig, if I left the door and just ran to Perth, it wouldn't affect the soul. <laughs> if I just ran, I just compared myself to Forrest Gump. I'm not sure that's a good thing. A lot of comedians like to make observations about uh, men, women. Oh, the battle of the sexes. I can't really do that. Oh, I can tell you about men. We're awful. <laughs> I can't really tell anything about women because um, 
I don't know anything. (laughs) Well, I know two things, okay. Two things. I think they're right, okay. Okay, two things. Okay, okay. Number one, okay, number one. Okay, my my female friend's there. You can verify, okay. (laughs) Okay, in your toilets, in your toilets, in in workplaces and bars, clubs, whatever, in your toilets, you you got little bins. You got little bins, little fun bins, little fun. And now you might be saying, Michael, what are you doing in the women's toilets? Uh, that's before the courts. Now, little bins, little men, we don't get bins, no bin, we're bin free, bin free. You know why? Because after 8 pm in any bar or club, we'd use the bin, okay? Because we're animals, it's not our job to clean it up, and we're going to live forever. You get little bins. Okay, okay, I do know what they're for. Okay, <laughs> they're for hiding secrets. And <laughs> and second thing. Okay, okay. Observation two. Okay, okay. This only two things I know. Okay, okay. Women. Okay, okay. My female friends right here. Okay, women. You're allowed to cry at work. <laughs> you're allowed to cry at work. Men, we're not allowed to cry at work. Okay, we're not. Women are allowed to cry at work. Okay. And, and i got to tell personally, from my own personal point of view, okay, when, when a woman cries at work, it is the single most terrifying thing <laughs> that can possibly happen. And that's on me. That's on me. That's my problem. That's my fault. That's my phobia. Okay, there are a lot of phobias in the world. If you're arachnophobe, you're frightened of spiders. If you're frightened of the dark, you're a nyctophobe. If you're frightened of uh, dark spiders, you're racist. Get out of here. I don't want bigots in my show. <laughs> And it's only in an office situation, okay? Only in an office situation. If, 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 if the woman's within a three-metre radius of a stapler, a, 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 a mouse pad and a, and a, and a screensaver of her honeymoon, I, I, it freaks me out. If I saw a woman crying in the street, I'm all action. I take a knee. I put on face paint. I'm, I'm like, do you, need, do you need to call someone? Do you need, need me to kill someone? Do you, need, do you need food, water, shelter? Do you need a bin? Do you need a bin? I know you can get a bin. <laughs> And you might be saying, Michael, what do, you, what do you know about working in offices and the like? You, you, you gallivant around the globe performing to literally tens of thousands of people every night. But no, it's, no I, I write for TV shows during the day. I'm like Clark, Clark Kent. That's my <laughs> other identity, right? And, 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 and some people say, you know, like, what's it like? You know, and, uh, well, I put, some people you write for are fantastic and terrific, okay? But some people you write for are the most horrid little Dietrich, Petri dishes of hate. I put it this way, you, you know somebody struggling as a person when the only nice thing you can say about them is that they're HIV negative, okay? <laughs> you know that's a bad sign, right? Like if somebody, often people like to say, hey, what's so-and-so like? I go, they're HIV negative. <laughs> is that good? Better than the alternative. <laughs> when a man cries at work, it's for, it's for only a couple of reasons, okay? Either his entire family died in a horrific boating accident or he just missed the quaddy. Okay, that's... <laughs> but we all want that happy ending, don't we? That happy ending. It's like when you see an elderly couple there. 93, they've been together for 70 years and they do an interview or something like that. And at the end of it, he always says the same thing. He always says she's as beautiful as the diameter. She always says he's as handsome as the dime at him. And we all go, ooh, and we are. <laughs> Conveniently, deep down, ignoring the fact they are lying through their few <laughs> remaining teeth. Because they're not. They're not. When they met, they had beautiful heads of hair, they had taut skin, they had functioning bowels. Now, now their nipples drag behind them like the train of a wedding dress made of human skin. <laughs> Like, there is a reason why we don't have 93-year-old strippers. There is a reason. Like, no, no one's ever gone to a hen's night, bucks night. I want to get my wrinkle on. Like, <laughs> half-price drinks at Liver Spot Thursday. I, no one's seen a 93-year-old scantily clad leaning over their walking frame. People dropping $10 notes in their G-string. Their, their body withered except for one strong arm from years of picking up the phone to make complaint calls to the ABC. You know? <laughs> Like, no one's ever gone, this place is hardcore. They take everything off, even the oxygen mask. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is I own condoms, okay? I own condoms. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I do. And they're so old. They're so old. On the packet, it says made in Prussia. They're so old. <laughs> I got them off a spice trader in exchange for a mandingo. They're so old. I, and you know what? I think, I think I don't need them. Yep. 
I'm going to throw that. I think if I had sex tonight on this stage in half an hour, it would be the safest sex you could possibly imagine because anything that came out would immediately go back in frightened of the unfamiliar surroundings. <laughs> yeah, it would shout stranger danger and go back in. It'd go, that's not a sock, and go back in. Yeah, that's right, bit of filth. That's a bit of filth, yeah. It'd go, that's not two hastily torn pages from the Bible, and go back in. Okay, that's not the headshot of the actress who played Marsha Brady. I've got more. I've got more. That's not a paper mache replica of the Queen Mum. I don't know what that one was. <laughs> that's not a double whopper with cheese. It was weird. I was hungry. I was horny. That's not the flag of Botswana. They're not here. No one's going to tell them. No, it would shout lady and, and hide awaiting further instructions. What I do is I think about things. That's what I do. I live in my thinking little, thinking little palace and I think. That's what I do. I, uh, I think about perception. I find that very interesting, the idea of perception. Because I realise a little trick, right? You can take an object or an action, pop a nationality in front of that object or action, completely change your perception of that object or action. It's very simple. Do you want some chocolate? Yes, I do. Do you want some Swiss chocolate? Ooh, how decadent. <laughs> Same with Belgian chocolate. But it doesn't work for every country. They don't sell Afghan chocolate because Afghan chocolate sounds like a failed funk band from the 70s. <laughs> Afghan chocolate made from a glass and a half of the tears of an orphan. They're not going to sell that. Do you want a beer? Yes, I do. Do you want a German beer? Can you afford it? <laughs> German's an interesting one. German beer sounds good. German car, even better. German porn. Nah, dude, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Drug dealer. Very simple. Drug dealer. Pop the word Mexican in front of it. Everyone's going to die. Pop the word Russian in front of anything. Everyone's going to die. <laughs> Check out my new shoes. Who cares? So what? Check out my Italian shoes. Well, someone's doing well. No one's ever said, check out my new shoes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Algerian. <laughs> oh, no, those English football hooligans are after us. Run away. Oh, no, those Canadian football hooligans are after us. And don't they look adorable? <laughs> Dancing class. Went to my Spanish dancing class. Sounds like it should be followed with the words, and now I'm pregnant. <laughs> massage. Very simple. You know where this is going. Massage. You're already ahead of me. Massage. Your male friend says, I got a massage. You can picture that. Pop the word tie in front of it. Now it implies at some stage your male friend got touched on the dick by a lady with tiny hands. I don't make the rules, but they're the perception of the rules, but it doesn't work for every Asian country. I don't want to get a Burmese massage. That sounds... <laughs> It sounds like I'll be yelled at a lot. There'll be an unprovoked beating at some stage. I don't, I don't want to get a North Korean massage. That sounds like I'll never see my family again. They'll, they'll film it for propaganda purposes. I got a massage not too long ago, actually. I hurt my back. You might be wondering, hey, Mick, how'd you hurt your back? Hey, don't call me Mick. Hey, do... <laughs> That's just for my family. They call me Mick. <laughs> how'd you hurt your back? You... Too, too, too many reps, mate? Too many reps? Too many reps? Hey, don't get too big, mate. Don't get too big. You don't want to get too big. You're swole. You look swole, man. You, look, you lift? Do you lift, bro? You lift, bro? You lift, bro? Uh, no, I was ironing. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, I went to get a massage. And these two ladies, they'd open up a small business. They'd pulled their money. They were about, I don't know, 25. And, and one of them fixed me up in three minutes. And I walked out. I was feeling happy. And I thought, I hope, I hope they make it. I hope they open up a chain of massage places. And... Clearly, they underestimated the area that they'd moved into because not long after, I saw a sign on the wall through the window. It said, we only do massages. <laughs> Just a little warning. Keep yourself nice. A few weeks later, I had to upgrade the sign. It said, do not ask for anything inappropriate. <laughs> Eventually, they reached the end of their tether. A few weeks later, I saw a sign on the wall through the window. It said, do not ask for a hand job. <laughs> and and got a part of the pump, but that was someone's job that day. <laughs> like someone had to type that up, pick a font, <laughs> pick a size, and stick that on the wall. And I, I just can't help but think, as society becomes more decrepit, more depraved, every shop is going to need that sign. <laughs> Like you can picture it in the future, we, we, 
in 10 years' time, we walk into a florist. I don't know, I'll get a dozen roses, i get a vase, and I'll get a quick hand job too. <gasps> Good sir, we don't do that here. You should have a sign. <laughs> Perception of Australia, I find that very interesting. Perception of Australia. And I don't mean that big Aussie blank, Australia. Greatest country in the world, mate. <laughs> Greatest country in the world. Been to any other countries? Nah. <laughs> At Bali. Well, that's not really the name of the country. Oh, fucking la da mate. Own an atlas to you, mate. Did you nine? I don't mean that guy. <laughs> Who I saw in bumper sticker form, actually. Because <laughs> I do love the fact that the media like to ask the question, is Australia a racist country? <laughs> and they always go and ask white Australians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get the answers there. <laughs> oh, we get called such awful names like, Sir, Your Honour, Prime Minister. It's terrible. <laughs> But I saw that guy in bumper sticker form. I saw a big old use with a big old motorbike on the back. Had three amazing bumper stickers. First one had a map of Australia. It said, fuck off, we're full. Gotta love the classics. <laughs> Second one had the Australian flag. It said, love it or leave it. Can't really leave a flag. It's cotton. <laughs> Third one was my favourite. Had a picture of a fish on a fishing rod. And it said, ditch the bitch. Let's go fishing. <laughs> I thought, how many different ways do you want to show that you're an awful person? <laughs> I could picture him too with his neck tats and his VB singlet and his PhD in court appearances. Uh, <laughs> I love that guy. Just going to that shop. I'm going, that one, that one, that one, three of these are the $2 shop. That's the best $37 I've ever spent. <laughs> My favourite thing in this country is when there's a... It sounds weird, but when there's a tragedy, and I don't mind, I like the tragedy, but I like the way that we kind of all help. We get together, we, we lift each other up. It's like this big nationalistic hug, right? It's kind of like, everyone, come on, everyone get in there. Come on, get in. Come on, come on, Queensland, get in. I know you're not good with unfettered emotion. Come on, mate, get in there. Come on, come on, WA. Oh, you're a big unit. You're a big unit. Come on, come on. Come on, Tassie. Come on, little fella. Dry your eyes. Dry your eyes, little fella. We'll have a telethon. Dry your eyes. <laughs> I saw something which to me kind of summed up Australia. It was kind of loving and hateful and caring and angry at the same time. I was in a pub. I saw a guy and a girl that looked a bit rough and ready. Uh, he looked like he'd been quite a few fights. Uh, she looked like she'd bashed him quite a few times. <laughs> he got up. He gave her a peck on the cheek. And as he was heading towards the door, she's called something out loud enough for everybody to hear. She's called out, have a shit one, you fuckhead. <laughs> he smiled. That's my girl. And walked out the door. Have a shit one, comma, you fuckhead. <laughs> but in a weird way, to me, it kind of summed up Australia. Now, I don't think it should be a slogan for a tourism campaign anytime soon. I, I don't want to see Indigenous kids waving, come have a shit one, fuckhead. I, I don't want to see a blonde in a bikini at the Barrier Reef, come have a shit one, fuckhead. I, I just mean if you told that story to someone from overseas with no context whatsoever, they'd probably go, oh my God, that sounds horrible. That sounds, no, 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 no. What she meant to say was... I bid ye farewell, my dear love. I hope your afternoon is full of merriment and frivolity. At dusk our eyes shall meet, our bodies shall entwine, two hearts together beating as one, our love eternal. You are my everything. <laughs> you fuck it. <laughs> then sometimes you have a perception of you're thinking one thing and it's a completely different situation. Other day I bought a coffee. Minding my own business, latte, no sugar. Bloke approached me. I, I think he worked, I'm not sure. And he said, um, excuse me, um, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I said, what's, what's wrong? What's going on? He said, well, um, there have been complaints. I said, what's, what's the problem? He said, well, um, were well, you breastfeeding? And I'm happy to say I was. I said, what's more natural than letting a child suckle at your nutritious teeth? And, and he said, well, um, the baby's wearing blackface. And I said, I'm letting him make his own decisions. And he said, you're also wearing blackface. I said, I didn't want him to be the only one. He, he said, you appear to be completely naked. I said, I'm not ashamed of the human body, mate. He said, you got a pogo stick inserted into your anus. I said, it's a form of transportation. He, he said, it's decorated with swastikas. I said, it's a work by Banksy. And 
I said, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm never coming back to this place ever again. I'm never coming back to this cafe. He said, it's not a cafe. This is a primary school playground. And I was thinking this day and age, okay? In 2017, okay, if you cannot sit in a primary school playground, you're naked, you have a pogo stick inserted into your anus, covered in swastikas, you're wearing blackface, a child is wearing blackface, you are feeding that child the nutritious elixir of life from your nipple. If you cannot do that in 2017, it's political correctness gone mad. That is my favourite thing in the world, when people complain about political correctness. I love that. I love that. Because they're they're positive. They're always just trying to be a dick, you know? It's like, oh, you can't do nothing. You can't say nothing anymore. You can't do nothing. Nah, 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 mate. Nah, nah, nah. You can't do nothing. You can't even threaten to kill a bunch of tourists on a crowded train anymore. Can't do that. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Nah, nah. You can't even put a burning cross on the front lawn of a family of recently migrated Sudanese refugees. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Not on, not on. You can't even go into a Japanese restaurant and reenact the bombing of Hiroshima using sock puppets. Not anymore. Not like the good old days. Not like the Howard days. They were the days. Me and Grandpa getting the ute, go down to a local Japanese shop. Oh, here it comes, big boy. Can't do that. Nah, nah, nah. I think about politics, I do. I think about politicians. I think I feel sorry for them. Not, not, not sorry, sorry. Not orphan African child, sorry. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to start sponsoring politicians for a dollar a day. Get a letter in the mail of Malcolm Turnbull wearing one of my old tracksuits. <laughs> Thank you for your money, Mr. Michael. With it, we built a school in the electorate of Higgins. I don't mean that. I just, I just mean, why would you do that job? Why would you do that job unless you had some, some weird fetish for being called an arsehole while you're having breakfast with your kids in a cafe on a Sunday morning, driving past? Arsehole? I'm a little bit aroused. Like, are, are they doing it for the power? Because calling yourself the most powerful person in Australia is kind of like calling yourself the coolest 48-year-old at a Justin Bieber concert. It really doesn't mean that much. And, and if they're so powerful, how come no one's frightened of them? I, I, I'm not frightened of politicians. I'm frightened of billionaires. A, a politician might raise my taxes. A billionaire can have me killed and then run an ad campaign to convince people it was actually a good idea. Maybe, maybe do it on a Gravitron, make it look like an accident. <laughs> Billionaires I find fascinating. Billionaires I find fascinating. They, they own the media. We get really angry, don't we? Yeah, they own the newspapers. They're so biased with their headlines. Oh, my God, their agenda. They're trying to influence elections with their headlines and the newspapers. I get angry and outraged. Oh, they're trying to influence everything. I get angry and outraged. And then I realised if I owned a newspaper, I would do exactly the same thing. <laughs> if I owned a newspaper, the Michael Mail or the Chambo Chronicle, haven't worked it out yet... Every day, front page, picture of me. <laughs> Centre spread, there I am again. Back page, oh, hello, that's Michael. <laughs> Lift that magazine, Michael at home, don't mind if I do. Picture of me on my balcony at my house, do it, do it, do it, do it. I am kicking the winning goal in every sporting contest, doesn't matter if it's Wimbledon, I'm still kicking the winning goal. All the editorials would be about how great I am, uh, which would be a step up from what we normally get, because usually it's a 50-something man complaining about how you can't be racist anymore, or it's, a, or it's a 30-something lady going, I'm a mum, pat me on the back for it. I'm going to vaccinate my kids with rainbows. And I'd run campaigns too, campaigns, because newspapers love a campaign. They love stop the binge drinking, get ice off the streets. Mine would be a bit more specific. I, I, there was a lady at the servo not long ago. She was taking five minutes at the F plus, and just beep, just five minutes, beep, five minutes. And if I owned a newspaper, I would name and shame that motherfucker. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm following her kids. I'm going through her bins. I'm, I'm finding out she got a D in science in year nine. Have the headline: Is this Australia's worst mum? Rupert Murdoch would read my newspapers and go, fuck, Chamberlain's a bit biased. <laughs> Billionaires own TV stations. How do they resist the urge not to put themselves on it every night? If, if I own a TV station, I'm acting in every sitcom. I'm, I'm looking for semen in all the CSI dramas. I'm, I'm, I'm winning all the little singing talent contests because the big red chair turns around. Who's the judge? G'day, folks. I'm... <laughs> I'm reading the news. Thanks, Michael. Now on to Michael with sport. <laughs> to the victors, the spoils, as Michael kicks the winning goal at Wimbledon. 
of uh, political issues going around. Political issues, yeah. Same-sex marriage been going around for a long time, political issue. And we all get it, don't we? We all get it. We're on the same side. Here we are in the inner city. We're on the same side. We get it. We get it. It's gross, right? Um, oh, <laughs> did I read that wrong? I, uh, I love the arguments against it. I love the arguments. Yeah, it's tradition. Well, a lot of things used to be traditional. It used to be traditional for a gentleman to wear a hat in public. It used to be tradition to burn someone if you thought they were a witch. It used to be tradition for... My mum and dad to dress me in nappies and feed me baby food. But then I turned three and I said, John, Barbara, you're crowding me. <laughs> I love the argument, a man marrying a man, what next? A man marrying a dog, yabba dabba do. Because <laughs> it does kind of weirdly imply, it's a weird imply that all men want to marry dogs. Huh? If they had the chance, I don't want to marry, I'm allergic to most dogs, I wouldn't marry dogs. <laughs> If I had to marry an animal, and I, I will get ahead of you and admit, I've thought about this far too much, okay? If I had to marry an animal, I'd marry a horse. <laughs> hear me out, hear me out. By the time I'm finished, you'll want to marry a horse too. Okay, two reasons. Number one, number one, let's face it, the fucking, okay? Okay, the fucking, okay? I'm sure having sex with a dog is fine. I'm sure it's fine. If it, a bigger dog, like a Great Dane or a St. Bernard, I mean, I'm not going to fuck a poodle. That'd be gay. And, and then secondly, think of all the money you save on petrol. I'm never driving again. I'm riding my mighty steed down the street. Going, it'd be kind of hot too, kind of riding your partner like that. I mean, every now and then, like, I mean, you might see a couple on the beach kind of having a piggyback. Ah, it's so much fun. I love being Christian. But like a... <laughs> but just like riding your mighty... Steed down the street, yeah, take that, you dirty horse, yeah, take that, you dirty horse, take that, you, whoa, 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 whoa. red light, red light, red light, red light, red light. No, I, 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 I didn't think you'd seen it, okay? No, it was Amber, I thought you were going to go through, okay? You... Oh, you don't want to get another ticket, okay? You're, you're on nine points already, you don't want to... Okay, what's wrong? <laughs> no, you always get like this when we go have dinner at mum and dad's. You do. And look, they're of a different era. Man marrying a man, they could get their head around that. But a man marrying a horse, they... <laughs> but they do their best. Like mum makes that salt lick you like for dessert. And, and look, I know you're not allowed in the house, but it's floorboards. Okay? <laughs> Don't be like that, Dwayne. You're my boo. You're my big feedback of boo. That's what you are. Look at that ring on my finger. Look at that ring on your hoof. Yeah. And we're going to have our tough times, I know. It's like our marriage, our wedding. You got startled by the flash photography. You trampled five people to death. And... <laughs> There's our age gap. I'm 39. You're four. <laughs> I'm just a man sitting on a horse asking that horse to love him. Green light. Take that, you dirty horse. Yeah. <laughs> I had a weird inter interaction regarding animals, actually. Bit of go. Speaking of love affairs, I went to a Bucks party. A friend of mine getting married. Because we're cool, hip, happening kids, we went to a video game arcade. <laughs> there was one game people were playing. Uh, it was a James Bond-themed game, and uh, there were henchmen, bad guys, trying to take over the world. They were on jet skis. Kind of, you had to shoot them. They go, they're on jet skis, coming towards you. You go, bang, 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 bang. These henchmen were dying on their jet skis. Bang, 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 bang. Because, you know, they, they can't take over the world because they're henchmen. And so, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Killed three, four hundred people in that game. <laughs> the next game was a game called Buck Hunter. You might know it. It's uh, essentially it's kind of like a field. Little animals run across. You've got a rifle. You're a hunter of bucks. I was the first one to the machine. I kind of put coins in, picked up the rifle. Little deer came running across the screen. Little deer shot. Little deer fell over. And everybody behind me, all my friends, at the same time just went, oh. 
bear in mind, just minutes before, three, four hundred humans had killed, had been killed on, on jet skis, which, which makes me think maybe if the deer was on a jet ski, that would have been complete. And a deer on a jet ski is the greatest James Bond villain of all time. Mr. Bond, clippity, 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 cloppity. Look, I like animals, okay? I like animals. I just said to you before, I'd be happy to marry a horse. I, I like animals, but they're overrated. Well, no, no, not overrated. I, I just think we need to pat ourselves on the back a bit more, okay? Instead of giving so much love to animals. I, I mean, fuck, big animals, we lose our mind. Are we little animals? We don't care. If I was driving down the street and I ran over a sardine, no one would care. They'd be curious. <laughs> But if I was driving down the street and I ran over a whale, people would lose their mind. Wouldn't, oh, my God, you ran over a whale. I, I didn't see him. He just ran out in front of me. He's the size of a double-decker bus. How did you miss him? I was texting. I'm sorry. I just think we need to pat ourselves on the back a bit more, okay? Okay? Every, I just hear things about animals. They, and people say, oh, you know, pigs, pigs are really intelligent. You know, you can toilet train a pig. You can, you can teach, a, teach a pig to fetch. Oh, oh really? Um, do you know what we did? Walked on the fucking moon. That's what we did. <laughs> Didn't see any pigs up there that day. Didn't hear the phrase, that's one small step for swine, one giant leap for swine kind. Do you know, octopus can work its way through a maze. Oh, where'd you find that out? The internet. Oh, the internet we fucking invented. <laughs> How about you look up www.theoctopusandgofuckitself.com forward slash humans are better. Do you know penguins have the same partner their entire life? Well, that doesn't mean they're smart. That just means they're really Christian. Fuck off with your religious shit, penguin. You're not better than me. I think about religion. I have a lot of thoughts, don't I? I think about religion. My aim has been off with religion, I reckon, over the last few years. My aim has been off like a stormtrooper. I, I used to be that guy, and I, you know, that adamant atheist. Oh, anyone who believes is a fucking idiot. These people are the problem with the world. I mean, I wasn't going public. I wasn't, like, going into cafes. I'd oh, just get a, get a latte if that's okay. Uh, uh, and you better not put any fucking Jesus in that, mate, okay? <laughs> no Yahweh in my latte. I know it rhymes. I've said it a few times. Like, but then I begin to think, is, is really Joanne, the 82-year-old who does the flowers at the church, is she really the problem? I mean, I mean, don't be offensive. I do find it funny when people say, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual, which to me is kind of like saying, I don't believe in ghosts, but my microwave is haunted. <laughs> I think religion is a lot like drugs, okay? Many people have dabbled. It's just that some people can't handle their shit. <laughs> you know, they get involved too much. They start religioning every day. They can't stop thinking about it. They, they, they hear voices. Yes, yeah, well, I'll do that. And then eventually they, they find themselves standing in the desert. There's a man in an orange jumpsuit and they're wearing a balaclava. They've got a machete in their hand. They're talking into a camera. At that point, you should think to yourself, I've, I've reached rock bottom. I need help. I need to go to Religious Anonymous. I think we need to change the terms, okay, to kind of change it up, change our thinking a little bit. We have, we have Islamic extremists, we have Christian fundamentalists. Whatever happened to crazy cunt, hey? <laughs> when did that get taken off the list, hey? Crazy cunt. Let's look at a few little incidents. The, 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 the Link Cafe in Sydney, okay? He, he, he took people hostage. He was surrounded by chocolate and coffee, yet was still unhappy. <laughs> He was obsessed with the TV show Sunrise. Let's look up the checklist. Yeah, that's a crazy cunt. Uh, the, the shootings at Charlie Hebdo. We don't like your political cartoons. Hate to break it to you guys. Nobody likes political cartoons. But just once I'd like to see that on the news. Today, a bunch of crazy cunts went crazy in Iraq. Uh, warning, this footage depicts a large number of cunts being particularly crazy. <laughs> And after the break, Michael kicks the winning goal at Wimbledon. <laughs> back to the well. I, uh, what's my religion? What I love, I, I love sport. Sport with all my heart. I don't care what it is. I watch any sport. I'll even watch the wrestling. Huh? And I don't mean Greco-Roman wrestling. That's not a sport. That's a fetish. I mean the... <laughs> I mean the hit him with a chair type of wrestling because I like my sporting contests like I like my marriages. Prearranged! <laughs> I back for Hawthorne in the uh, AFL and Australian Football League. I back for Hawthorne. Um, and uh, when Hawthorne win, I get so happy, okay? 
I get so happy. I will, I will, I will act and talk as if I did it. I'll be, oh, yeah, it was a tough game, but we got there in the end. No, Michael, not you, them, okay? You're in the stands eating, drinking, and calling the umpire a cockbag. You weren't exactly doing pre-season. Come on, guys, catch up. But when Hawthorne loses, I get so sad. There have been times Hawthorne's lost, and I have cried. I've been to the funerals of people I deeply loved, and I did not cry, which makes me think, makes me think, maybe if they barrack for Hawthorne, it could have worked up a tear. Maybe if they barrack for Hawthorne, they wouldn't have died. That's all I'm saying. I love sport because it's fair, okay? You get out of it what you put into it. I'll put it this way. No one's ever won gold in the 100 metres at the Olympics because their dad knew a guy. That's not how it works. <laughs> of course, if I'm going to mention the 100 metres, I've got to mention the, the fastest white man in the world. That's something you have to do when you mention the 100 metres. You know, they would commentators, oh, Usain Bolt, he's finished. He truly is the greatest athlete in the world. We now turn our attention to the fastest white man in the world. Uh, he's nearly finished. <laughs> No, he, he appears injured, but I assure you he is completely fit. The, uh, <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen a podium, first, second, third, one off to the side for the fastest white. I've never seen gold, silver, bronze, ivory. Never seen that. <laughs> I like my sport. Sports people can sometimes be a bit iffy, you know. I just don't trust anyone who begins a sentence with, yeah, nah. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's purely a sports person thing. You never go to a dentist. Yeah, nah, you're going to need two fillings. Uh, you never go to church. Yeah, nah, let us pray. <laughs> I know sport is ridiculous, though. You break down any sport, it's ridiculous. Tennis. Tennis is a sport where two people worth hundreds of millions of dollars will repeatedly hit a ball over a nest using a giant fly swatter and they will hire primary school-aged children to pick the balls up like dogs in a backyard. Uh, Tour de France. It's three weeks riding around France on a bike. Catch a fucking bus. It's so much easier. The bobsled is a sport where four people dressed like daft punk will <laughs> climb into a hotted-up dodging car head down an icy water slide. The guy at the front, he steers. The guy at the back, he's the brake man. The two in the middle, just along for the ride. <laughs> It's like they didn't want to buy a ticket on the chairlift. They're like, oh, can we... Hey, yeah, if, uh, of course I've got my own helmet. <laughs> Sport pops into my head when uh, we're out of the ordinary, like when it shouldn't really pop into my head. I, I was walking through town not too long ago and uh, I was with a friend and there was a, a homeless guy asked for money. I gave him a couple of bucks. Look, we use the word hero a lot, but <laughs> I accept your nomination for Australian of the Year and... <laughs> But the, the friend of mine said to me, I oh, don't do that. He said, don't do that. He said, they're all professional beggars, these people, just professional beggars. You know, they live in homes, they own cars. It's kind of like a full-time job, tax-free. They make a lot of money. And immediately in my head, I begin to think, well, by that logic, if there are professional beggars, then surely out there somewhere there are amateur beggars. <laughs> you go to offer them money, no, sir, just doing it for the love of the game. <laughs> You know, so I presume it means that they show a bit of form begging as a teenager. They catch the eyes of the recruiters. They get called up to the professional leagues. And, and what a thrill for them. You know, they're on the same street begging with their idols. Oh, wow, I used to love watching you beg when I was a kid. And, and I'm sure there's a bit of money in Australia, but the real money would be in America and Europe. And, of course, every four years you get to represent your country in the Begging World Cup. And what I'm trying to say is I need new friends. <laughs> I had another friend who kind of gave me the ear. It's they, we were watching the football, watching the AFL, and, 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 and he got really annoyed. He got really annoyed. He said, you know what, these, these people get paid a million dollars. That's bullshit. A million dollars to kick a ball? That's bullshit. He said, you know what, nurses. Nurses should be paid a million dollars. That's right, not footballers, nurses. And straight away, I thought to myself, nah. Not to have a go at nurses. They do a far more important job. If I ever get in trouble, I want a, I want a nurse, not a sports person. <laughs> I don't want to, oh, my God, he was having a heart attack, but then Pat Cash came out of nowhere. I don't want to be knocked unconscious, but Booney knows what to do. I just think the market's spoken, okay? That's all I'm saying. It's just I've never seen 100,000 people cram into the operating theatre to watch the big operation on a Saturday. I've... Never seen scalpers out the front selling tickets for $5,000. I've 
Never seen people walking down the street in scrubs with the name of their favourite nurse on the back. I've never seen little kids trading nursing cards. Oh, wow, you got Susan and Terence. I'll give you Rachel. She's really hard to get. I've never seen people gather at homes to watch the big operation on the big screen. They boo and they cheer. Oh, she only left St Vincent's for the money. <laughs> I've never seen post-op operations. Yeah, nah, look, we... Uh, we came out strong, but it's a, it's a big loss for her friends and family. Um, but look, we got a hip replacement next week. we just got to take it one operation at a time. <laughs> you learn powerful life lessons from sport. That's what I've learned. Powerful life lessons. Uh, boxing, you learn to mismanage your finances. Uh, bodybuilding. You learn about nutrition. You learn to make friends with bikies. <laughs> Lingerie football. You learn you should have tried harder at school. Uh, table tennis. You learn that you've wasted your life. Uh, cycling. You learn the ability to look people in the eye for a decade and say, I did not do it. Uh, rowing. You learn that you're rich, that you come from money. <laughs> it's just that I've never heard someone say, oh, yeah, I'd love to come out for a palmer, but I've got to stay sharp for Saturday's regatta. Never been in the supermarket. Jaden, put that down or no quadruple scales on Sunday. <laughs> Get in here, Mum! <laughs> I will hit the road. I will hit the road. I want to say thank you so much for coming. It's incredibly kind of you. Um, and also by the fact I was saying at the beginning, obviously, it's weird. It's weird doing stand-up. No fourth wall you're allowed to call out. No one did, so well done. I would have had to cut you. <laughs> But also in this world by the fact that, they, uh, look, the things I find funny, I don't think I'm supposed to find funny. Like, I find it funny when I see someone driving a $200,000 car. <laughs> I find it even funnier when the same arsehole crashes their $200,000 car. <laughs> I find it funny when someone's running for an elevator. And even if I do push the button to keep the door open, if they don't make it, I find that really funny. <laughs> and if they're on crutches, it's even funnier. <laughs> I find girly girls very funny. I find big muscly blokes very funny. There's no reason to have a body that looks like you're smuggling small children under your skin. I find tattoos very funny. I do. I think anyone with two sleeves of tattoos should go the whole hog and get cock bag written on their forehead as well. <laughs> I'm very funny. The lower back tattoo on the young women, I find that very funny. Do women really think men are going to get so bored whilst having sex with them that we need a pretty picture to look at? <laughs> that's the case, get something useful back there. Get a crossword or a Sudoku. Chuck some texts back. And why is it people with face tats... Why is it people with face tats always look at me as if I'm the weirdo? <laughs> Got this look in their eye. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? What are you looking at? You know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at somebody who made the worst decision of their entire life. I find conspiracy theorists very funny. I do. Because they always look the same. They've got the frazzled hair. They've got the moth-eaten jacket. They've got the five-day growth. You're not sure if they're a jazz enthusiast, university <laughs> lecturer, or a homeless pedophile. And if you do believe the Queen did kill Diana, you do genuinely have to believe that at some stage she sat up in bed and said, Philip, I have a plan. <laughs> I find people who, who define me by my star sign. <laughs> Just because I clean my flats, not because I'm a Virgo. It's because I don't like living in my own human filth. I, a, a girl once said to me, we can't be friends because you're a Virgo and I'm a Sagittarian. We can't be friends because you're a Virgo. No, no, we can't be friends because you're deluded. You believe gassy balls of plasma millions of miles away control your personality. We can't be friends not because I was born in September and you were born in December, but because you own a dream catcher and you and, and you you think it works. <laughs> My parents had me because they loved each other. Your parents had you because in March of 87, there was an ad break during Hey Hey It's Saturday and three minutes without Daryl and Ozzy was too much for them to take. I find it very funny. <laughs> I like this one. I find it very funny when I go to weddings and I know the couple isn't going to make it. <laughs> Why should I spend $150 on towels just because you didn't want to have the conversation? <laughs> I find it funny the little code words that we use to describe each other. Little code words that turn negatives into positives. Oh, he likes a drink. He's an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> 
calls a spade a spade because it's a fucking spade. <laughs> He's got a good heart. I do love that one. He's got a good heart. Yeah, but unfortunately it's surrounded by 85 kilos of cunt. That's a problem. <laughs> finish off here i find it very funny when people say they have an addictive personality yet they're always addicted to drugs or alcohol never charity work isn't that interesting i do love that i do love that i'm I'm addicted to chocolate i'm addicted gotta have me chocolate every day gotta have me chocolate every day no no i won't have one joanne oh no i had two yesterday i was naughty i was naughty i was naughty but it was my birthday it was my birthday it was my, but I mean, I killed a man with my bare hands just to see what it felt like. But the chocolate was wrong. The chocolate was wrong. But I love my fruit and nut. I love my fruit and nut. I like. I got two cats. They're called Fruit and Nut. And we sit on the couch and we watch Buffy. And <laughs> really, you're addicted. Starts out pretty harmless enough. You're at a party. Someone's handing around a bit of dairy milk. You never tried it before. Everybody else is doing it. Pretty soon you're eating three, four blocks a day. You find yourself out the back of 7-Eleven at three in the morning looking through the bins for aero bars. You, you stop showing up to work. Your flat becomes a squalor. Your family try to hold an intervention. Fuck off, I can handle it. You hock all your stuff to cash converters. You burn all the money on milky bars. You start walking the streets. You got bits of nuts meat on your face. You're approaching strangers. I suck your dick for some Toblerone. <laughs> You're not addicted. You like chocolate. Thank you so much for coming, guys. It's incredibly kind of you. Incredibly, incredibly kind. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.